What's going on, everybody? My name is Moore Milo. I'm Ross Anarelli. This is the 52 Podcast. 52 weeks, 52 books, making every week count. Thank you guys so much for joining us again on the channel. For those of you that are returning, thanks for joining us again. And for those of you that are new, what we do here is we read a book a week about personal development, business, marketing, all sorts of different tools that you might be interested in benefiting your life. Uh, and we bring those key points to you so you can learn them with us as we go through our journey of reading a book a week. Uh, in addition to that, what we'd like to do is we like to go over a piece of business news uh, at the beginning of each week. So we'll go ahead and do that. We'll start it off by teeing up Tesla. Um, Tesla has now taken on the second place ranking for uh, the most valuable auto manufacturer in the world behind, uh, I believe it was Toyota. Mm -hmm. Volkswagen just got moved into third place. Um, so this is a really interesting concept, right? This is a company which, uh, with a lot more, a lot smaller infrastructure that makes a smaller range of products um, that delivers a much smaller number of volume, yet somehow they're ranked in this crazy system of different auto manufacturers like Volkswagen. Volkswagen's, you know, massive. They are the biggest, I believe, I believe, the biggest proprietors of vehicles numbers-wise uh, when it comes to different brands and different options and different range of pricing. Like, they hold literally everything from a $20,000 Jetta all the way up to, you know, Lamborghinis and Bugattis mm -hmm. and all sorts of stuff. So they have holdings in every part of the market, yet Tesla that has one little small niche in a luxury electric car brand segment has actually beat them out. So how did that happen, right? Uh, it's a beautiful thing called the stock market. Stock market. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's, it's incredible to watch their growth because one of the things that Tesla's really doing is they're treating the automotive industry like a smartphone, essentially. They're giving you one, two, or three different models. Everything's pretty much interchangeable. You have two options when it comes to interior and a few different colors when it comes to the exterior, but they're giving you updates almost, you know, once a month, every two months. So your car is continuously getting better, getting new things. Um, a year ago, you would have got your car, wouldn't have had too many things on it. You go today, if you're at a charging station, you're just trying to kill time in your car. You have Hulu, you have Netflix, you have Twitch, you have a lot of these different systems. You can stream right from inside. Um, and they keep turning things into new revenue models. So what they used to do um, if you wanted to stream music and stuff was the car had its own internet, which we've seen with BMW. A lot of people try to partner with AT&T and companies like that for hotspots, but it never seems to work. It's just expensive. It just never, it's always, no one knows how to set it up, but Tesla now they've been doing that since they started. And now what they did is they switched it. So if you liked what you've been having, it's now going to cost you $10 a month, which for it's them is it. perfect the because is worth if you're paying $900 a month, $800 a month, what's $10 more. Worth it. And that's, you know, millions of cars on the road that are now, they're getting that as a revenue stream. So they're really doing a lot to change it. I think the biggest thing that's separating Tesla um, from the competitors isn't even their, their autopilot or full self-driving, which is around the corner. That is, has a lot to play when it comes to Sales the stock. Model. But they're treating, and Elon Musk talks about it, their number one product is their... Um, uh, product line. They're, they're not the product line. They're sales model. They're, um, no, not even the sales model. Why am I blanking? The um, assembly line. So oh, the actual okay. factory is their number one product. And what they do is they keep building it. And like we always say in our podcast, take a step back, examine it, adjust it, and keep going. They keep getting more and more efficient every time they do this. They just built a, a whole new gigafactory in China in less than a year, wow. about nine months. Huge. From nothing on the ground, no foundation, to full-blown, it's pumping out cars. That is nuts. Incredible. Another thing that they're doing was, now I'm, I'm gonna get the numbers wrong, but I'm just trying to give you an idea for scale. 
the amount, the hardest thing for Tesla to do when they're building a car is putting the wiring because that's something that still has to be done by hand. Okay. They don't have a robot that can essentially do that. Makes sense. So what they've looked at is how to reduce the amount of, call it miles, of wires that are in there. So if the Model S, one of their first cars, let's say it had, you know, just for an example, like 70 miles of wiring, even though it's closer to probably like a few hundred. Let's say 70 miles of wiring. Then the uh, now you're at the Model X that came after that, brought it down to let's say 40 miles. Now on the Model 3, you're down to around 10. Mm, wow. So they're getting incredibly more efficient. The Model Y, the newest one that's coming out, is supposed to have, in comparison, only about three. So they're really cutting that down. They're producing cars quicker, cheaper. They have a lot of patents coming out for their factories to be able to get things even more efficient. So they're driving that cost factor down and then they're releasing things in the form of software to get you to pay more. So if you have one of their mid-level Teslas, the Model 3, for $2,000, you can download a performance boost. Oh, wow. It will take half a second off of your car. No, going to the shop, getting modified, and changing anything out. Half it's a second lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's, it's a real, it's, it's a big difference. Like I said, oh. I think it's 4.4 beforehand. Takes it down to like three, 3. nine. That's that's a Ferrari F430. So that's, you're that's a fast car. And that's for $2,000, you can just be, you can hit download on your phone, on your app. When you wake up in the morning, your car is faster. No, it's impressive stuff. I mean, they're, they're doing so many things on so many different fronts that are so different from the, anything the automotive industry currently has to provide. I mean, we would know, right? We've been in the auto industry. That's, that's kind of where we started um, our entire journey. And uh, it's just interesting to see how much more people like the process of getting into the vehicle, how much more consumer-friendly the, the product actually is with mm -hmm. all these updates and all this stuff that's happening. And, you know, it kind of it makes sense, the reflection of where their stock is going, what, how much money Elon is getting paid based on, you know, this $100 billion mm -hmm. valuation, which is pretty crazy money. It, it, it all makes sense because he's really building a technology company that creates automobiles as opposed to yeah, like he took, building an automotive in, Like uh, I said, business. he took the, the almost the Apple model where we're not going to give you like how Samsung still does it. They got a bunch of different product sure. lines, a lot of options, colors, features, whatever, where Apple's like, I'm going to give you two phones, the bigger one and the smaller one. Which one do you want? Oh, you want a few colors? Here you go. Keep it you want a bigger uh, hard drive or smaller? That's it. Done. And they're realizing the people work. Where Tesla is winning is they were able to brand this incredibly well because they spend zero dollars on marketing zero it's all when something comes out youtubers are making stuff or the the news is covering they spend no money on that and that's where they're saving a lot but also as we know from our marketing backgrounds when somebody let's say online or someone you know gets one and is telling you this is great that's the strongest piece of marketing you can have Absolutely. versus watching a commercial for it so they're saving millions there but they're making way more back because they're getting that strength and helping like I said people pass on i just got a tesla i just convinced one of my other buddies to get one benny's getting a, a tesla sure. so he just put his order in so you, they really kind of incentivize you to pass it along um and keep going so it's very interesting to see like i said how they branded that because it's hard to come out with a car especially a new company that people actually like that's oh, very hard yeah. to do in the automotive industry. And I think that, I think it's funny because their sales process, and I love to continue to go back to this their sales process because I think it's so important to mention. I think one of the biggest things that Apple has done well is that they've kept pricing consistent for everybody. It's an even playing field. For the most part, you don't get a discount when you go to Apple, mm -hmm. right? You pay whatever the sticker price is, and so does everybody else. I don't care if you're rich, if you're poor, if you know how to negotiate, you don't know how to negotiate. When you show up at a Tesla dealership, 
These are the options. This is what's available today. You pay the same amount of money as every single person that walks in the store. And I think it creates, you know, this focus on the quality of the product as opposed to the value that's produced by the dealership. Yeah, I think it's so huge. It's like I said, I got my car uh, on New Year's Eve, um, which was which was re- weird, but worked out for me. Mm. Um, it is weird though because you know people hate the traditional car buying process; they hate the car salesman. But let me tell you that you'd almost prefer it because if you're trying to get a car, you know that that guy is calling you way too often. He's giving you updates. This car we just found out is going to be here in a week. Would you be interested? They're fighting for your business. With Tesla, you go in, even if you buy it, you do it on the computer. They just take you to Tesla.com and just sit with you for two minutes, put your card number, and that's it. And then they kind of let you know. I had a friend who worked at Tesla. She was the only reason I was able to just text her so freely to be like, hey, when's my car coming? What's going on? It's almost the end of the year. Um, Because it was a $2,000 tax rebate that was going away. So for me... That would have changed my payment by about $70. And at $70 a month is the difference between buying a car and not buying a car in a lot of cases. For me, it would have been. I wouldn't have got it. Sure. So they really don't tell you what's going on. There's no insight. I had to call them the day that I was supposed to go, the day before I was supposed to go pick it up. I was supposed to get it at 9.30. They told me, oh, yeah, your car's in the factory. Mm. Like, the car was physically not even finished being built yet. And then they were like, we'll do it at, like, 5 at night. I'm like, okay, sure. So there are trade-offs. Um... I, I did like how simple it was, but because there's no one who's like actual check is riding on this, there's a little bit less of a care on their side. Interesting. It's kind of like our shit don't stink in a, in a way. Um, if you want to get it, if not, like we're gonna sell yeah, it. Yeah, it's a bunch of a bunch of college students that uh, you know are looking for yeah. a, a job in their you know first job in the in any sort of industry. Usually, that's who they're hiring for these Tesla mm-hmm. positions, and uh, and it's a different experience. There's no doubt a good car salesperson that's going to be on top of their stuff is going to be more supportive than, you know, a $60,000 a year college student that just, you know, is there to collect the paycheck. Um, but I think that there's the trade-off, right? In that question of what would people prefer, would they prefer to have the the peace of mind that they're paying the same amount of money as everybody else and working with someone that's less capable? Or would they rather work with someone that's more capable but potentially pay more? Right, and I think that's the trade-off, and and I, I think that real the truth of the matter is that people feel more uncomfortable getting you know swindled, quote unquote, by mm-hmm. a car salesperson than they do get uncomfortable when they have someone an, an employee that isn't as helpful as yeah. they should be. So I, it's just like it's choose your evil, right? Like the biggest takeaway I would say, and this is great for business. We talk about this all the time, and this was the perfect example: was set expectations. Sure. 100%. I knew going in that it was going to be here in two to four weeks-ish. I knew, I heard, you know, from looking online, they're not going to be super helpful. Okay. I knew that, like, this is just how they do it. There is no negotiating. There is none of this. And it's a little bit, like I said, of a we, we care, but we don't care kind of feel. So, like, while I was excited waiting for the car, hoping to get updates, like, this is just what it is. If you want it, this is what they do. But I will say, as far as the product's concerned, you know, I do like the car more than I thought I was going to like it. It's, awesome. it's very fun, um, great to drive. The, the autopilot is phenomenal. Um, when they slowly start to get towards full self-driving, it's going to be really cool. It's really cool to see what it picks up. I mean, the car notices cones. It notices trash cans. It knows the difference. It shows you all the streetlight cameras, green, yellow, red, turn arrows on the floor, wow. stop signs. It's nuts. But, like, 
you know, it, there's not much in it. They don't even give you floor mats when you buy it. There's, it's just like, come on. I was paying forty thousand dollars on a car. Well, give me, you know, you're give paying, me a hundred dollar floor mat. It's, it's still, it's still the you're you're. It's they're playing the game, the Apple game. Yeah, right? upgrade, 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 upgrade. Like upgrade, we have a upgrade, dongle upgrade. plugged in right now. Right, buy the dongle. Buy the dongle. Buy the you know buy our, our everyone who buys it. You know, I was looking into almost making an e-commerce site the other day because uh, I was bored at work because I was like looking all over Amazon for all these different products. I was like, what if I just threw them all into one store in there? and yeah. said buy them? But of course, shipping from China it takes twenty days. But competing against Amazon Prime is gonna be a difficult one. Either way, guys, that's Tesla. A little bit about them. Um, really cool news in uh, in the news. Really cool news in the news. Yeah, wow, there's great stuff there. Killing it. Um, really cool news in the news about Tesla and Elon Musk in his uh, his incentivized program for you know achieving this hundred billion dollar valuation. Uh, so check it out. We'd love to know what you guys think about Tesla. What you guys like. What you don't like. If you bought a Tesla or you. You know, own stock in Tesla or whatever. Tell us your your experience and what your thoughts are. We'd love to hear it. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the book. Okay. Uh, the book is called uh, Goodness Gracious. Uh, what should I do with my what life? What should I do with my life is what it's called. It's by Poe Bronson. Uh, by the way, guys, this is episode twenty three. We forgot to mention that a little earlier. Uh, this was an interesting book, y'all. Uh, very much different than, and we're just, we're not going to do. You can. I'm pretty sure if they're listening, they can feel our vibe. We. Um, yeah. We chose this book. It got pretty good ratings online. You know, like I said, this is week 23. Um, I like this book. Not everything is a home run. Um, this one was a bunch of stories. Uh, it like, was a bunch of stories. It was nice as like a read that you would read, you know, if you're enjoying the read. It was like, uh, like yeah, you this learn is something like, but be entertained. This, this is, is like lay on read. the couch, nothing on TV, like right. read it and learn. This was not a book that I can say taking away... One, that I, I know what I should do with my life after. Uh, <laughs> two, there were some great stories. Uh, you know, some things were inspirational, but there isn't any massive takeaways. But it, I definitely would recommend reading it because I think it's a book that everyone is going to take a little piece out. I think sure. certain stories are going to resonate more. Like, to give a weird example, they talked about, I'm in mean, Pittsburgh, something called The Incline. I've actually been on that multiple times, so I could like picture that and think about like what's going on there. So that one resonated a little oh, bit more. Oh, he's a great writer. But, like his story. Oh, you know what I didn't together, like? We don't like, normally talk about what we don't like. You know what I didn't like? I didn't like the accents that he was doing. Yeah, that was kind of dumb. Like that was they a were, dumb. He was. They were not good. Okay, so guys, we read the audiobook. In the audiobook, he has like uh, a southern gentleman that he tries to do like a southern accent and a conversation back and forth. It's very like let's write a story and have a moral at the end kind of deal. Um, about people, like people that are cool people that have done a lot of cool stuff. I mean, I think that what was weird for me is that it's so not what we're doing here. You know, it was a little off from what we do here. Like, th that was more of like, okay, I want to be entertained kind of book. Yeah. Whereas here, it's like we're in search of knowledge. Um, so just different in style. I think a yeah, lot of people I, get benefit. Like, I think you're I right. Wouldn't, I wouldn't put this as much into the business category as we had thought it would be. Sure. It was definitely more of an inspirational entertainment book. Yeah, 100%. Um, with that being said, I mean, we can talk about a few of the, of the 
takeaways that are available. I mean, there's conversations about patience. There's conversations about accepting your journey. There's conversations about, um, you know, happiness and what it looks like for you as opposed to judging it based on, you know, society and what Mm -hmm. other people think, right? Um, You know, giving back and the importance of giving. There's a lot of different lessons that you can take out of this, what, 15 stories that are in the book, something along that line. but it's all stuff that we constantly are talking about. And I think the biggest thing that bothered me is that he didn't actually go into the mechanics of how to be more effective in those categories. Yeah, it, was, it was more just like, here's an anecdote. It about was very how, surface level. Right, about how this lady that makes $25,000 a year and is creating this impact is actually really happy with her life and she doesn't care about money because that's not important to her. Right, so like, I think the biggest thing for me was that with the books that we read, we really want to find books that have mechanical concepts and context that we can go out and take into the world. And I think what we learned from this book is that there's a lot of people that have overcome a lot of things and that you know we can overcome things too. Yeah, I think my takeaway from this book really was don't be scared of your own path. Fair. I think that that was the main thing because a lot of the stories he talked about, people were planning, quote unquote, to do one thing with their life. And then they realize through good or bad or or something that happened in their life that they are better or more suited for something in a different area. And I think what he's saying is like if this presents itself uh, to take it. So and think of it like a weird example. Like if you're a a CPA, you're you're you know an accountant, you're doing this, and then you realize that you love um, creating short films or something, and like you're actually you're getting a following. People are liking that. Like don't be scared to go to that role if it's going to make you happier and follow your path because i always do believe if you are good at what you do you'll be you'll make money you'll be successful i think people can understand quality and creativity but i think that was my big takeaway was don't be scared of your own path everyone's got a different way to get to what they want to do and what success is but don't try to fight what you might naturally be good at I like that, and I can totally agree with that. I think that that's a great takeaway to take away from this book is that I know I've been re- <laughs> re- just repeating the same words over and over today. What we can take away from this book is that yeah, don't be scared to shift, right? Don't be scared to make a make a change in your life, make a pivot, because it could potentially bring you a lot of joy and happiness. And it's not always all about the money or all about what it looks like or all about the image or any of that. Those like life is short, guys. Be passionate about what you're doing and make it work. You know, make it happen. Um, so definitely, definitely take that away from, from our conversation here of you have the ability to make a shift and do whatever you want in your life if you say so. Um, so I think that's a really good thing that we could take, a really positive thing that we could take out of a book that was (laughs) rather empty for us personally. Yeah. (laughs) Especially with, you know, and like I said, I don't want to say this is a bad book. It just isn't what you guys are used to having sure, us talk 100%. about. You know, when you talk about like the Make Your Bed written by Navy SEALs or um, even you know Napoleon Hill's books and, and things like well, that. There's more organization. There's more like there's this is the this was this service level. structure. This yeah. was so this is um, like the example. So um, we've been in some courses um, where. Oh, I'm going to be the best selling author on the New York Times. Sure. Say, All right, you're going to do it. I'm always like. Does this person know how to contact like a publisher or even write a book? Like, are they literate? Like, <laughs> we have no clue. But like, you know. But I believe that that drive, you know, should start somewhere like that. But like Moore said, this didn't actually go into a lot of the books we like. We'll say, all right, if you're going to be the best-selling author, 
these are the steps that you need to try to work on and right. improve on to Mechanics get there. And, and that's what specifics. we like because that's how we learn. For us, sure. hearing a bunch of stories, I mean, this was the equivalent of like binging a Netflix series. And I'm not the, not very the, short. Not, not say, bad, not bad. Book, more entertainment. More the stories were good. I mean, I very actually good. got emotional during some of these stories because they were emotional they were stories. Good. They were really good stories. I mean, listen, I'm not bashing the author as a bad author. He's a great author. It's just not what It was written very do. well. Yeah. yeah, it was written really well. You know, but, but yeah, when we have a <coughs> podcast that's based around books like the 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing, you know, the stories and anecdotes about, you know, a catfish farmer in Nova, Louisiana, mm -hmm. are great pieces of information, but aren't exactly teaching specifics. Yeah. So that's, that's the only thing. So I like say. I said, we, we recommend checking the book out. For us, it was still a good book, but for the theme that we try to follow on this podcast... Uh, that's on us. I, I, I picked this one actually, so I missed the mark by a little bit, but it was still good. It's nice sometimes to switch. This one was a very easy one on the brain. I mean, there was very really, easy, very easy so, to you know, and, the information. And it does. It gets tiring reading a book a week. I will say this though. I will say that if you have a choice between reading last week's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and reading this book, you'll still get the anecdotes in Rich Dad, Poor Dad that you got in this book, but you'll get a lot more of the mechanics on financial I thought literacy. Rich Dad, Poor Dad was really, one of the, one of the really top good. five we I did so far. I thought it was far. awesome, like a really great book. That was short, but it hit. It hit home. Everything, hit. everything landed. Everything landed. And I think that's a great comparison between the two books. This is pretty much the same as Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but Rich Dad, Poor Dad went a little litter deeper in the mechanics. More context, more yeah. mechanics, more... And it was less you know? stories. That Rich Dad, Poor Dad was the, think of like five stories tops, different sure, things. Sure, versus 16 stories. Right, you can only go so deep in, in 16. Right. If he would have dove into all 15 stories, I mean, this book would have been, it was a four and a half hour read. It would have been 12 hours. But easily. yeah, I would, I would personally, if you put those two back to back in regards to what you're going to get more out of, I would read Rich Dad, Poor Dad before I read... Um, this book um what i should do with my life and it's one of those things where you know like in order to find out what you want to do with your life you're going to have to really look in the mirror you know and the tools that you're going to need to look in the mirror are you know the courage to do so you don't need a whole lot to look in the mirror and be willing to see what's available to you like look around you look at the people that are around you and, and ask them to give you feedback on what they see in their experience mm -hmm. and then give yourself feedback Right, so that you can create your own story, um, you know. But we like to focus on books here that are more tool oriented, that give you tools and mechanisms and mechanics. And I think that 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 uh, what I should do with my life was much more of an entertainment read. That's the only thing. I'm not bashing the book. I'm not saying it's a bad book. But if you are, it's a great book for who yeah, it's written for. A hundred. I think that's really the way to put it. Yeah. But I think beside that, I'm trying to think of any last takeaways that i really had like i said my big takeaway was just don't be scared of your own path yeah and like i said that is very similar to like you said rich dad poor dad you know which is you know if something pops up like that like you know jump on it right so take you opportunities know, work, work to learn work work to learn don't work for work for money so things like that are very similar it's just it's nice it gives a little difference that you know you can write books on similar things without having them overlap completely it was, kind of, it was kind of very nice very well written um, like I said, entertaining. It was just once you start to realize that how it's set up, which is story by story, makes it easier to go through. Because um, in the beginning, enough. in the beginning, I had a few times where I paused middle of a story, and then so when I came back, I forgot almost where it started. Whatever. But um, with that, I would say you know, I don't really have too much else on. Yeah, it. I'm 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 pretty pretty clear on the whole thing. Again, you know, I think just to clarify, the book was well written, just wasn't our cup of tea. 
Um, not what we normally read. But you did learn a lot today about Tesla. Yes, you did. So, um, so if you, you get that. one, let me know. We'll give you my referral code. <laughs> get a get a thousand free supercharger miles. That's a good point. That's a good play. They get it as well. They get it as well. Oh, do they get it as well? They okay, so well. hit them up for your Tesla. Yeah. Um, guys, with that being said, thanks for joining us this week. Again, for those of you returning, thanks for checking us out this week uh, with episode 23. Uh, my name is Moore Milo. I'm Ross Anarelli. This is the 52 Podcast, 52 weeks, 52 books, making every single week count. Thank you guys so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Take care.